Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Bruce, the sun is up, the sky is blue, and we're ready to talk Star Trek this week. Welcome to episode number 69 of Positively Trek. I'm Dan Gunther. With me, as always, is Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you on this lovely, lovely Star Trek talking day? Based on what you've said, I'm going to assume that you are on the planet Earth right now. I am. I am on Earth at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not, unfortunately, 24th or 3rd century Earth or anything like that. It's just regular good old Earth. Yeah, it's hot where I am. But no, not really. It's, it's well, actually, let me look. Hey, Siri, what is the current temperature? It's 52 degrees out where I am, 52, 52 degrees Fahrenheit. But in my house, it's hot because I have the heat going. And I just took off my hoodie because I'm sweating. So 52 Fahrenheit in Celsius, it's uh, 11 degrees Celsius. Okay, so yeah, not, you know, for, for where I'm at at this time of year, that's that's quite warm. That's like, like summer like, for you. <laughs> not quite, not quite, not quite. Um, it is, it, it's been unseasonably warm here though. Like I'm in Northern Alberta and the current temperature in Celsius is minus two. So two degrees below freezing, uh, in Fahrenheit, that's 28 degrees for December 6th. That's quite warm. So we, we've had a lot of days above zero above freezing here, uh, for the last month, which is crazy for this time of year. So, uh, Yeah unseasonably warm yeah a little worrisome (laughs) things are warmer you know i grew up in the northeast of america and i remember then moving to the southeast and thinking gosh man we get a lot of 90 degrees 90s fahrenheit of course 90s sometimes we hit 100 that was rare when i in the summers in the northeast where i grew up i mean occasionally we'd get this but not like as often as we are here and now i watch the weather forecast they're all, sometimes I look in New York's hotter than it is in Atlanta, where I am. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It's definitely been a trend the last few years, so uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes, I guess. 
I, I'm going to move back north just to cool off. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty far north, and, and, you know, comparatively speaking, it's definitely cooler here. So, yeah, if you're looking to cool off, north isn't a bad way to go, for yeah, sure. But I'm not going that far north. <laughs> That's <laughs> No one cold. ever does. <laughs> Your area's growing, though, I hear, so a lot of people are moving there. Yeah, yeah, we're in a little bit of a slowdown at the moment, um, economically speaking, right. but uh, usually we're kind of one of the more booming places, but... Uh, Anyway, that's a discussion for another podcast, I think, as to the reasons behind that and the complaints that I want to make. So, uh, but we're not, yeah, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about all things Star Trek and, and all of the news and really interesting Star Trek stuff that's happened in the last week. So, first of all, I want to talk about a little show called Star Trek Lower Decks. And if you haven't watched this show, if you're not interested, uh, I would suggest skipping ahead a little bit for, for spoilers. I'll I'll try and put in the show description where the time code may be where we stop talking about Lower Decks. But friend of the show and fellow Star Trek YouTuber Ket Walski recently talked to Star Trek Lower Decks creator Mike McMahon uh, and specifically about season two of Lower Decks, that was one of the topics that came up. So they discussed some pretty interesting stuff, and uh, there's some really great quotes. So um, they're right now in production on season two of Lower Decks. And Mike McMahon says, not only is it all written, but I've got episode 209 to watch over this week in animatic format. And we have already sent the first four episodes to coloring departments. So they're deep into it and like 209. So the second last episode of the season, they're pretty far in. Well, I would just say to Mike, you know, I will, I will review those four episodes too um, <laughs> and help you guys out with that. Uh, it, it, sometimes it's very helpful to have people on the outside look at things because when you're on the inside, you're kind of in this bubble and you don't catch certain things. I really think, Mikey, you really should consider having me and Dan look at these episodes. But if anything, I will say to you, Mike, congratulations on getting these done and having them out probably sometime next year, I'm assuming, because if you're this far into the season and production, then bravo. And I'm looking forward to... Wait, why am I just assuming he's going to listen to the show? He's not going to listen to the show. <laughs> I don't know. He was on Kitwalski. <laughs> he might... We should try and get him on. You, you, you say we're <laughs> up to his level? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We had Getwalski on, so by the process of osmosis, I think uh, we've now met Mike McMahon, right? Well, I'll say this. If Mike is listening, Mike, we reviewed your book, Engaged. So, mm -hmm. or is it Engage or Engaged? I can't remember. It's Engage. Engage. Yeah. We had you on. So, I mean, your book on. You should have been there. Well, yeah, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll bring you back. We'll discuss the book. But anyway, Dan, I digress. <laughs> well, he goes on to talk about something that's frustrated a lot of fans worldwide, and that, of course, is the fact that it's not the show isn't officially available outside of the US and Canada at the moment. Yeah, it's really frustrating. If you're an international fan who's still listening uh, at this point, I, I feel you like that. That really sucks. But uh, there's an interesting quote by Mike here. He says, I was very surprised with how long international distribution is taken, but we are aware of it. It is clearly something we want to have happen and there should be news about it fairly soon. But these are conversations that I'm involved in, but not in charge of. 
We totally hear you. We are desperately working on it and we are completely invested in getting it done. So, you know, kind of echoing some of the same things we've heard soon, you know, it's not a definite thing, but those talks are ongoing. I'm really surprised it's taken this long as well. I am very surprised. I thought that once we got to the end of the season here in North America, that we'd all of a sudden see that it's released everywhere else. And it's still not. I, I can't even imagine being a Star Trek fan and not being able to watch these in the regular way. And I mean, I'm sure if you're desperate to see them, you're going to find some way to see them. But it's, it's ridiculous. Now, there's the professional side of me that does work in television distribution. And I would be very curious as to the business reasons why this isn't happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't do a whole lot of international distribution. I do some, but I, I, I don't know what, what's holding this up. Um, I mean, there could be a variety of different business reasons. It's not because they're, they, they're not wanting the rest of the world to see these. There's just something held up in some negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it would be so frustrating. I totally understand some people's anger for sure. And uh, hopefully they can get that sorted soon again. There's that dreaded word, soon. Soon. But yeah, who knows? Well, speaking more about the content of the show, Mike McMahon spoke a little bit about the characters and the stories for season two, not specifically, but one thing that he mentioned that I really uh, appreciate was uh, wanting to give the spotlight more to Tendi and Rutherford than has been the case in season one, uh, saying, giving, giving the show a feel that there are four leads instead of two leads and two sidekicks, which is kind of how it felt like sometimes in season one. So you know, I really like that kind of expanding to the more ensemble cast. Um, the other thing that I really appreciate, and one thing I noticed during season one is uh, it took them a few episodes to kind of establish the world of Lower Decks. And then after that, I felt like the stories went in more surprising in different directions and they were able to do more with that. And he kind of says the same thing here. Um where he says the writer's room in season two uh, felt freer to let their imaginations run wild. They don't have the responsibility of having to set up and explain to the audience what the show is about anymore. And this quote, he says, In the second season, because we weren't having to explain what the show was to ourselves or to an audience, you get some really fun Dr. Ta'ana episodes and even a funny Billups episode. He's a secret favorite of the writer's. Uh, to which I say, shut up, Billups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of been creeping in there in the, towards the last half of season one. It looks like we're going to get more of him in season two. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I thought Paul Shear brought a really interesting uh, voice to that character. And yeah, there was a lot of fun moments with him for sure. And then, of course, and spoiler alert, if you've not watched Lower Decks, big spoiler coming up here. Uh, last season at the end of season one, we lost the security chief, Lieutenant Shax. He died in the season finale, no small parts. And, uh, Mike McMahon teases here. He does tell us, he says the new head of security is, and he pauses and he says, I'm really just excited for everyone to see who it is. I'm really proud of everything we did with the character there. So, oh, darn it. He's not letting that go. He's not going to. Not going to spill that, unfortunately. <laughs> well, what's he going to say? You know, hey, the new head of security is Molly, and you don't know who she is. 
Like, you know. Molly O'Brien? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just trying to pick a random name, and I had to pick Molly, right? I don't even know where that came from. But, uh, no. Well, that would be interesting if it was Molly O'Brien. But now I wish that is true. She'd be a little young. But, um, I, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a character we know, right? So he can name a mm-hmm. name of, but that doesn't really mean much to us at all. So yeah. I have Unless a feeling it is it, someone we know. I, I don't know. think it's anybody we know. Okay. Mm, I'm curious. I'm really curious. You think it's somebody we know? No, I honestly have no idea. Like I, it could be, it might not be. I, I, this is one thing where I'm going in with kind of a blank slate. Like I really don't know who, like the, the choices that they've made on lower decks have surprised me at almost every turn. So I'm not even going to try and speculate because it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> Maybe it's Odo. Ooh, I doubt it, but I love it. <laughs> I mean, Renee's not around to do the voice, but maybe just a brief cameo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to close out on this part of the story with, uh, with another quote by Mike McMahon, which makes me really excited. Uh, he says, our animators are taking everything they did in the first season and making it even more beautiful and rich with new lighting and color. When that all comes together with the new score by Chris Westlake, everything is going to be such a party. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. I'm so excited for season two. I feel like this series found its footing faster than a lot of Star Trek series have. And I I just, I'm really looking forward to great things next season. I'm looking forward to this party he's talking about. Where is this taking place? (laughs) That's on the Cerritos bar, of course. (laughs) I really thought when we saw the end of season one, it would be quite a while before we get a season two, but it sounds like it's coming sooner than I thought. Yeah, it definitely does look like they, they've uh, kicked production into high gear. So uh, I'm, I'm curious a date when we'll get the show, but it does sound like it's going to be sooner rather than later. So that's really cool. You know, I wish they would do like they do with the books right now. And, you know, when they usually announce what the schedule is going to be for the next year of Star Trek novels and comics and stuff, I'd love to get a here's what 2021 is going to be for next year for CBS All Access or Netflix or whatever. And it's like, you know, you're going to get Picard on this date, Discovery on this date, Lower Decks on this date and just know it a year in advance. That would be nice. Well, if we get Lower Decks sooner rather than later, let's talk about something that we're not going to be getting anytime soon. And I know this is a topic that comes up a lot. And Bruce, I know you kind of roll your eyes when it does, because it seems we perpetually talk about this. The Star Trek film franchise uh, and a recent interview with Noah Hawley with Deadline talking about how Paramount pulled the plug on his Star Trek film very close to production. So it sounds like they were very close on uh, on starting production on his Star Trek film when they pulled the plug, which, you know, is kind of par for the course for the movies at this moment. I don't really understand this. I mean, we kind of got an indication of this before, but does that mean they already had a cast in place? They already hired the new cast to to do this if they're getting ready to go into production i mean where were how far along were they or is he just saying the script was approved they were given the green light and they hadn't even gotten to the point of scouting locations hiring a cast i mean i just wonder how far into the start of production they were they were at 
But, you know, again, until they say action on a set, that's when I believe we're actually going to get something. But in a lot of ways, I, I'm kind of glad we're not getting a movie right now because of COVID. Now, of course, if they went in production now, we probably would get it after COVID settles down. So maybe that's cool. But I wouldn't want to go see a movie in the theaters right now with COVID anyway. Yeah, it's really the this article and this interview are kind of light on the uh, details of that, of where they were coming into production but uh yeah I, I can't imagine they were they were like ready to roll cameras anytime soon that that seems odd but uh it, it's really too bad that this has kind of been something that's been faltering and sputtering but like you say maybe it's a blessing in disguise with with covid going on maybe that would have tanked the star trek film franchise for a long time if they'd have sunk a lot of money into something and then had all of this hit so uh, you know, maybe I, I, I not a subscriber to the things happen for a reason belief, but in this case, maybe it was a good thing that this was delayed when it was. Well, and you have to consider what Emma Watts is going through right now, who has to make these decisions. She comes in and she sees these uh, shows being developed and succeeding and doing well. And then the movie franchise is sitting there and it's been five years since the last movie. There was supposed to be a movie before that, you know, the more recent years, but you know, Chris Pine wasn't on board and they've gone through a different array of different directors. And she's probably coming in going, you guys have no idea what you're doing. Like, it doesn't sound like we really have a plan. And even though we have Holly on board, it doesn't, you know, we're still figuring things. We need to just really plan out the next five, ten years. Like, what are we doing with this franchise? Are we going to be able to bring the former cast back that's now going to be, you know, six, maybe seven years past their last movie? Do we start this over again with a different cast playing Kirk or so, Or do we start with a whole new crew of characters that we don't like what are we going to do are you going to reboot tng like there's so many things or do we tie it into the shows do we bring some elements of the shows into the theater and have it all as one universe there's a lot of things to plan there and i really do hope that they're spending this year really scoping out what they're going to do for at least the next five years if not ten absolutely well i don't want to devote too much time to talking about this because it's as as you've kind of pointed out there, it's all speculation at this point. We really don't know anything. So uh, I'm going to say let's move on to uh, an idea that I have for post-COVID times when we can all get together again and celebrate and, and, and party and all that kind of stuff. And if you get together and you have a party, you're going to need some dinnerware. You're going to need some plates and cups and that kind of thing. And Uconic has you covered because they're releasing an Elkars-themed Star Trek The Next Generation dinner, dinnerware and whiskey set, which is really, really cool. So I don't know if you've seen these plates and mugs, but they've got these gorgeous big square black plates with Elkars-themed computer graphics on them, along with bowls and, and mugs. And I just, I really want to have a Star Trek dinner party now. <laughs> You know, things happen for a reason, and I think this is telling me there's a reason for these plates and this dinnerware to come out, because just yesterday, my wife said to me, I want to get new dinnerware, our ah. regular everyday <laughs> dinnerware. We have our China, you know, nice China stuff for, you know, special occasions, but 
just everyday dinnerware because we've had the same for 21 years. And over time, we've replaced certain plates that have broken or whatever with that same pattern. But she wants to try something new. I'm going to show her this. I'm going to show her that this is a direction we can go in. Either this one or the one that previously came out from the Enterprise E, which is a little more formal, which I actually really like. Uh, hmm. Of course, she's going to shoot it down, but I'm going to at least show it to her. At least like maybe we have it off to the side to use just for fun occasionally. That would be pretty cool. Uh, these look really neat because, you know, unlike a lot of other novelty dishes, you can use these in the dishwasher and the microwave. So yeah. uh, they're a little bit more durable, a little bit. You, they could be used for everyday regular dishes. So, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Make your case. I think I think you got a shot. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> want a mug that says beverage on it so that it yeah. lets you know you are drinking a beverage or the purpose of this cup is for a beverage? You know, these L cars are just very useful. They they give us the information we need. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, if you want something to drink besides the beverage that you have in your L cars mug, uh, they also have a whiskey decanter set that has recently come out. And uh, this is really gorgeous. Uh, it uh, comes with a decanter and four whiskey glasses, about $100 uh, on their web store. And uh, yeah, this is beautiful. It says NCC-1701D USS Enterprise on the side of the decanter. And each of the glasses have the, the registry number for the Enterprise D as well, uh, as well as the logo for the United Federation of Planets on the on the bottle. So, man, I don't know. I don't drink a lot of whiskey, but if I did, <laughs> I would love it to be out of this. I totally agree. I don't drink a lot of whiskey. Occasionally I do. I just love the look of this. I seriously am considering buying this. It's $100. And I mean, to me, well, I was going to say to me, it's worth it, but it's only worth it because I have a bunch of gift cards that I still haven't used <laughs> and, and I have enough to cover this. And the only problem is I just don't know where to display. I mean, here's the problem, people. Just, just, just listen to me for a moment. I don't live in... My wife is very supportive about my fandom and doing the podcast, and she likes Star Trek. She watches it with me. You know, she watches every new episode, but she's not one to allow me to decorate the house necessarily in my fandom. Uh, I have my room. I mean, she'll let me put little things out, but I don't even know where... Like, I want to display this. I just don't know... And I think she'd be okay with it. I just don't know where I would display it. You know, I don't want to put it away in a cabinet that you can't see. And, you know, it's like, I want it out. Yeah. I know no one Absolutely. can help me with that, but <laughs> I think my wife would go for it because <laughs> it looks pretty, but I just don't know if she'd let me really prominently display it somewhere. You need a shelf behind you like I have for my YouTube setup and just start a YouTube channel and get an Ikea shelf and you can put all your stuff back there. <laughs> I guess, but I really want it in like the more formal dining room or formal living room area. You know, it's just not on the shelf with action figures. I want it in a nice presentation. I want it on, you know, some felt something or table. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but anyway, I do want to drink what's in it. The whiskey does not come with it. You have to provide your own whiskey. This is true. Yeah. 
It's uh, bring your own whiskey, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. I would love this set. But, you know, to go to uh, like STLV with it and get together with friends like in your room or something and get some oh, whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is to take to conventions, too. Oh, I never thought of that. That's terrific. I love that. Well, for the moments when uh, your your guests have left, your dinner party is over, you've you've put away the whiskey you know, maybe you have just one glass left for yourself to kind of cap off the evening. You want to get comfy. You want to relax. So another product that appears to be on the way, these aren't released yet, but it's kind of from the same company, uh, Uconic. It looks like they have these really nice, comfy slippers that you can slip on and lounge around in. And these look like like five parts ridiculous, five parts awesome. These... uh star trek shuttlecraft slippers (laughs) so it looks like there's a pair uh from the original series you've got the shuttlecraft galileo and then the type 6 shuttle from star trek the next generation uh and these aren't uh like officially announced we don't know when they'll be available but they're on the kind of upcoming products uh part of the website so these look ridiculous and adorable and I kind of love them. <laughs> I I don't even know what to make of them. You know, when I first saw the picture of them I, before I knew they were slippers, I thought, Oh, they're squishy little, you know, plush toys of the shuttlecraft. But what's the, with the big black hole on the top? <laughs> oh, they're slippers. I'm like, how do you walk around in them? You know, they're kind of bulky, but at the same time they keep your feet warm. You know, oh, they, they look like they'd be comfy. Yeah, but yeah, maybe don't run a marathon in them. It I can't imagine they're very safe. <laughs> I really wish these were out now. My youngest daughter has been asking me, Dad, is there any ideas for Christmas that you want? I I would give her this if I knew they were out now. Just because, just because, like you said, they're fun. They look fun mm-hmm. to have. Absolutely, and yeah, the, this is all kind of all of these products are summarized on this uh, Trek Core. Uh, page here. I'll share the link in the description where you can kind of see a summary of all these products and uh, links, of course, to the store where you can check these items out as well. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for a dinner party now. I really, you know, I don't know if I'll have these, but it got me thinking about having all my friends over to watch Star Trek and stuff. And I, I really miss that. So Dan, you know. one day I want to come visit you at your home and I want to see you with this whiskey set leaning back in your shuttlecraft slippers <laughs> after we've had dinner on our L car plates. Oh, I, I, yeah, that's the dream, right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Well, moving on to hobbies that you can do yourself, because again, we're still kind of in uh, this weird COVID-19 thing where we can't really see our friends and stuff unfortunately Uh, one such hobby that you can do is model building and that's something that i've done uh, for a while i haven't done a lot lately which is strange because i feel like i should have the time to do it and you know there's nowhere i really need to be but uh, there's a new model kit that's been announced and round two who currently hold the license for making star trek model kits did a live stream last week and announced a few new products, one new Star Trek product and then some other uh, Space 1999 products. Uh, but they are doing a 1-1000 scale USS Voyager from Star Trek Voyager 
Uh, and uh, this looks absolutely gorgeous. It's about 12 to 13 inches long in that scale. So, you know, not a huge model kit, but, you know, a pretty good size as well. And uh, yeah, this looks absolutely beautiful. And it's definitely one I'm going to be adding to my wish list uh, coming uh, in um, around mid 2021, around June or July, they're saying. So really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I watched this YouTube video, uh, at least the first 10 minutes of it. And to your point, Dan, it is beautiful because the guys kept saying how beautiful is they're like oh look at it. it's beautiful oh it's gorgeous oh it's just incredible oh look at the detail oh it's they love it so we should too so yeah um <laughs> and it does it looks great um i i don't i haven't put models together for years it's like i almost want to try to do one soon and maybe it will be this one well, yeah, it's really cool because it's uh, it's in one one thousand scale, and they've put out a bunch of ships over the last, I'd say, probably twenty years now, in one one thousand scale, fifteen years or so since uh, I think the the one one thousand scale USS Enterprise, the original series version, came out, and since then they've been putting out a lot of ships in that scale, uh, so it'll match. You know, they you you have a few Enterprises, you have uh, the Defiant. Voyager. They haven't put out an Enterprise D in that scale yet. It would be pretty darn big, uh, but it's one that I really, really want them to do someday. <laughs> uh, I think that would be pretty cool. I don't know how big that box would be. That saucer section would be massive at that scale, oh, but yeah. you know, it'd be it'd be fun to uh, to get these all in that scale. The amount of detail they have for this ship at that scale as well is incredible. If you watch that video and it's pretty dry, I mean, but if you're into this sort of stuff, they have a lot of close-ups and, and looks at various parts of the model. They have a mock-up there. Uh, the, the amount of detail they've managed to get in there is pretty incredible. So this is one that will definitely be on my workbench at some point. Yeah. So now it's all gray, but then would you then paint it? Well, yeah. Um, you you would have to paint it. There will also be clear parts. What what they have in this video is basically like a, a test mock-up from the factory. So the final parts won't look like that. Like if you see like the warp engine uh, bits and uh, the deflector dish, those would probably be all molded in clear uh, plastic as well. So you'd be able to light it and stuff. So basically when they do a mock-up like this, it's just all kind of one plastic one one type of plastic that they uh just do for the parts and the fit and that kind of thing so right. the the finished one will look very different but you would have to paint it and add uh decals and and all of those details as well sweet sweet so when you do that dan you will have to do it on your youtube channel that would be cool um i've never done like a build video but i've i've shown off some of my finished models uh but uh yeah that would be a lot of fun so i'll show you uh our podcast listeners can't see this, but I'm showing Bruce my USS Shenzhou that I built uh, last year. Oh, so yeah. that's Beautiful. when it's finished, might look something kind of like that. Oh, it looks great. Uh, it looks perfect. <laughs> I love it. That was a really good model. I really like that one because uh, the, there's a lot of details on it that I would never be able to paint. So it came with decals that kind of did the whole uh, striping and, and hull texture and stuff. So. I, I I love building models. It's a lot of fun. I don't seem to find time for it lately, which is unfortunate. Now, how long average does it take you to put a model together? 
Oh, it really depends on the model. Um, this one was fairly simple. So probably about a week just off and on of, of working on it. Uh, other models can take a really long time depending on, you know, how complicated you want to get with it. If you want to put lighting in it and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it, it can, it can take quite a while sometimes. I've always been a fan of models, both those sats and, and people who display clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that coming. <laughs> I can't. I hear a lot about different types of models all the time because my youngest daughter uh, is studying or wanting to study to be in fashion design. So she's always talking about models. So Dan, when I talk to you, it's a different type of model than when I talk to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you sometime about the time that I mentioned to uh, one of my relatives that I was. Uh, into uh, modeling <laughs> and I used the wrong term there because they had the very wrong impression for a few moments as, as to what it was I was doing. So <laughs> Wait, were they just like, Oh great. Like, or they like really bought into it that you would be a model. That first reaction was pretty much exactly how it went. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Dan, what have you been up to? I've been modeling recently. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty quick that I went, no, wait, that's not the right, that's not how you say that. <laughs> I've been modeling shuttlecraft slippers, don't we all? <laughs> oh, man, I would rock at modeling shuttlecraft slippers, I think. <laughs> uh, well, with all of that said, I guess uh, that's pretty much all of the news we had for from the Star Trek universe this week, so... Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Do you have plans to pick up any kind of whiskey decanter sets or Elkar's plates or Voyager models? Are you looking forward to Lower Decks Season 2? And are you as sick as we are of hearing nothing about Star Trek films, basically? Send us an email, positivelytrek at gmail.com. Tweet to us, positivelytrek on Twitter. And... Uh, at Positively Trek on Instagram and find our discussion group on Facebook. Search for Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook and uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well. And then I just want to give out my email of Admiral underscore Rex at yahoo.com. If anybody listening, including you, uh, Viacom CBS, want to email me uh, to discuss maybe what you should do with the franchise when it comes to movies. I'd be willing to discuss that with you. We will enter into a contract and yes, there will be a small fee, but regardless, you can also find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex or on Instagram at Admiral Rex. And lately I've been on the star Wars report podcast fairly often. So you never know when I make a surprise visit on that show. Very cool. And you can find me on Twitter at Kurtrats. That's K E R T R A T S youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions and pretty much anywhere on the internet trying to stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.